and figuring out what is it, what, what is, what's the gap, what's, what's, what is, where is the kingdom wanting to come, and how can we be a part of that? Um, yeah, so uh, Cambodia in general is a Buddhist nation. Um, we have there, it's Buddhist, but really what I would say the longer I've been there is it's really an animist nation with a very thin Buddhist veneer on top of it. Um, they are a very spiritual place. They believe in um, a lot of idol worship, a lot of ancestors, um, uh, yeah, just a lot of open to the spirits, good spirits, bad spirits. And so what I've found as I've interacted with people um, is just this real, actually, openness to spiritual things, which has been really encouraging. And I would say, in general, the kind of, um, the general assessment on the ground from people who've been there for a really long time is that this is a really unique time in Cambodia's um, history, that they are open um, to the gospel in a way that they've never been before. Um, we have people who've been there for 15 years sowing and, and planting and are just now starting to really reap the harvest of people coming to faith and whole families really coming to faith. And so I um, wanted to share a quick story um, of something that happened. This was this past summer, um, but it's kind of the, the story's continued. Um, we had some teams in town and we, I'm working with a national um, partner. His name is Vilat, and um, or Isaac, if you if you've come and you've met him. His English name is Isaac, but his name is Vilat, and he is a local pastor. And he drives a tuk-tuk, but he also um, goes out into villages, and he, he has a couple different churches that he works with. And we've partnered with him, and he's really been faithful in this one community for about five years. And <clears throat> it's a very impoverished community. They live, um, it's, it's considered they're considered the boat people. They live up on stilts, about two stories up, because when the rainwaters come, they they, they boat from house to house, um, and he's been planting churches, and we went to, there's this one woman, um, this one family in the community, and uh, she has, um, she had one about six-year-old daughter, and then since her six-year-old daughter was born, she's had, I, I believe, I want to say, I, I might make this number wrong, somewhere between eight to ten um, miscarriages, late-term miscarriages, um, and that might not be right, actually. It might be six to eight, somewhere in there. Um, she um, got to about into her second or third trimester and would always lose the baby. And kind of the village knew this. And because it's a very animist nation, they thought this is, um, there's some there's some curse on this woman. And so we were, I, uh, Vilat has been working with this family. We came in, several teams would come, and we'd love this family. And we were able to share the gospel with her. And um, pray for her, pray for her, pray for her baby. Um, she was, at this point, she was pregnant. She was about um, about 34 weeks pregnant. And um, we were believing God. God, would this be a sign to this community? Would this be a sign that in the name of Jesus, as we pray, that miraculous things happen? And we prayed for her. Um, she, we came back about a month later, and she had had the baby. And um, it was just one of those signs. Now, for me, I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is great. Um, you know, I don't know how much this is a miracle. I mean, it is a miracle. We ask God. But um, for, for her, for this community, it was such a sign that the name of Jesus has power. And so we went back to this family, and we're sitting, and this woman very, very easily, very um, openly received Jesus, said, I want to follow Jesus. And um, we went to her family. Um, there were about, uh, there was her, her husband, her mother, her daughter, and her aunt were all present. And all of them, after hearing the story, hearing the gospel, all received Jesus and are now integrated into this church that they've been meeting in. And, um, for, and, and not only that, but now there's, this, now there's this kind of thing going around the village, right? <laughs> that, that, oh my gosh, the name of Jesus has power. And so um, part, of, part of this journey that we're learning is, okay, people, people say yes to Jesus. They see power and they want that. But how do we, how do we 
um, take that and say, how do we disciple them into fullness? How do we get them to recognize, to leave what they had before and to say yes to it? That's kind of the journey that we're currently walking down is what does it look like to get them to recognize this isn't just one spirit, this is, this is the only spirit. Um, and so you guys can pray with us that as we, as we move in that journey, what does that look like? Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a fun journey. Um, there's several other stories, but I don't have time today. But um, I did want to give a quick plug for anybody who's saying, hey, I have a couple months this summer, and I'm looking for something to do. Um, you can come to Cambodia. <laughs> um, we, um, we are looking for, uh, if you went to Romania, you kind of heard the, the deal of Engage the Nations, this opportunity to come and serve alongside of our church plants. I'm not officially in the book, but I am unofficially have other pieces of paper. So if you would, um, if you want to come and get a piece of paper, uh, no, um, really we're looking for um, just a few. It's not a lot. But we're looking for a few interns that want to come and help us this summer. Um, we're receiving several teams and would love help in both helping those teams, but also being a bridge between teams and follow up and kind of getting into villages, working with some of the girls in the bars um, and helping do DBS and starting to really um, engage in conversation and kind of see, um, see what God would build. We're also kind of um, starting to pioneer and look in some new communities and really kind of hone in on where God is calling us to invest long-term. So would love for you guys to be a part of that. If anyone's interested, you can talk to me or Bree when she gets back. But I will be here just today. So if you, if you are interested, please come talk to me. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's just a quick story. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your prayers, your love, your support. It's been amazing being back, and I'm excited to go back. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. At the end of the service, Amy, come on up at the end of the service or on this side. And we're going to be praying for you. There's a number of people that have been to Cambodia before. How many people have went on this trip to Cambodia? handful of you. So we have a heart for this nation, and we're excited to be involved in what's going on there. Well, I'm, uh, I am Mark Buckner. I'm pastoring our church here during this season, and I get to hear a lot of stories of what God's doing in people's lives. And... There are dozens and dozens, maybe just every one of you, I could probably sit down and we could talk about what God is doing and what you've seen recently. And it's amazing. It's so exciting. And we want to do a little bit of that today. So there are six people that are going to be coming up and sharing. And you're going to hear from different life stages and different aspects of, of what's happening over the course of, um, I think, just basically j- the last couple of months. And I'll be up here, but they're just going to go back to back, and we're going to start with Sarah. So, um, get started here. Come on up. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Sarah. Uh, I've been working with uh, youth ministry at the the joint youth ministry between the river and cfcf for about over a little over a year now um and so coming into world mandate world mandate this year and even in this whole semester we've really just been praying uh, that god would minister to the students especially specifically in the way of um figuring out who they are in jesus and what he is gifting them with and just kind of seeing them step out in those giftings. And so for this semester, even, we had um, this, our theme was, or is currently, um, uniquely you and like Jesus. 
And so this idea of, like, discovering who you are in Christ and also, like, being like Jesus and doing the things that he did and seeing the things that he sees. Um, and so going into World Mandate, that was kind of our prayer for the youth. And uh, God just poured out on them. And it was just really cool to see uh, what he did through their individual lives and just, like, as a group as a whole. Um, we had students that had been before to World Mandate who were leading the, the newer students in praying for others and entering in in worship. And they, they, like, would just grab each other by the hand and, like, run to the front. And it was just really cool to see, um, like, passion being transferred from one to another. Um, we had some students who had, like, never prayed for people before who would, like, come up to us as leaders and, like, hey, I think God has a word for this woman over there that I've never met before. Like, come pray with me. And we, like, we're just getting dragged all over the place by them to pray for people. Um, and, like, there was one specific instance where um, a girl, she goes to the river. Um, we had been, like, really wanting to see breakthrough in her life specifically, and so we've been praying for her. Um, and it was the final night of World Mandate, the, last night, the like, last worship set, and she comes up to me and is like, I feel like God wants to tell you something. And she, like, speaks this word over my life that's, like, spot on. I was like, you don't know me that well. Like, how do you know this in all my life? And so I, like, told her, like, wow, like, you heard the Lord. Like, that's awesome. And later we were debriefing with our um, leadership team, and we were just sharing, and I was like, yeah, so-and-so, like, came up to me and shared this really great word, and then uh, all of the other female youth leaders was like, me too, like, she spoke over my life, and it was, like, just what I needed to hear for this season of my life, like, and so we're just, like, seeing God, like, bring gifts out of them, and it's just, it's super exciting, and we were, like, amazed at how easy it was to lead um, the youth that weekend, just because, like, yeah, we're, like, we feel like they're just jumping in and doing it, like, this should be harder, uh, but it just, like, it's really been encouraging to me and challenging for myself, as well, to see that and be like, um, the things that I'm believing God for, for them, like, I need to believe those things for my own life, and, like, it challenges me to step out in those things more and more, and not only that, but, like, calling out the gifts that you see in others, and so, like, when you notice, like, someone walking out in something that God has given them, and just recognizing that and calling that out and being like, yeah, like, you do have this gift in you, like, it just, it, pulls them along and calls them higher and, and, and encourages them to move forward in that. Um, yeah, so I hope that's my story. Hope you liked it. Hi, I'm Erin Perry. Um, bear with me. I've had some hearing issues the last couple of weeks, so I can't tell if I'm loud or soft. Um, but I am a stay-at-home mom of three kids, Gray and Harper are my daughters, and Reed is my son. Um, and I wanted to share with you today how World Mandate has actually been working um, in challenging my faith and growing my faith the last five years. And the first time I attended World Mandate was in 2012. And my faith was really young, really new. And honestly, World Mandate and religious conferences in general weren't something I had experience with. Um, I was kind of uncomfortable going. But I thought it was maybe an opportunity where I could just go and listen and, and hear what's going on in the world. And one of the breakout sessions that I had the opportunity to attend um, was on prophesying, and it was something, again, I had no experience with. But it seemed interesting, and I thought I could at least take notes um, and just witness somebody's gift and receiving words for others. And um, right away when I got to the class, I realized it wasn't a note-taking class. It was a very participatory <laughs> class. 
And I admit, I was, like, there was a tall guy in front of me, and I was in the desk just trying to hide, trying to disappear, and just praying to God, please don't call on me to be the person who has to go up and do something. I have no clue what I'm doing. And God had mercy and didn't, <laughs> didn't call on me. But one other prayer I had that day was just that, God, I do want to know you on a deeper level, level and I do want to communicate with you more deeply. And so fast forward five years, um, which were significant, but for time, um, uh, I arrive at World Mandate last weekend, and I get into the sanctuary, and shout out to the worship team. The music was amazing, and I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come over me more than I've ever felt in my life. I honestly don't know before that if I could say that I felt the Holy Spirit truly, and I just felt it when I came in. And um, there was a period after the last speaker was on where um, they were saying it was time of reflection, time of prayer, and I really felt in my heart the call to be bold, and I felt like I really wanted to go pray for some people to their actual faces. And um, there was a couple I've been wanting to pray for, and um, the wife had a a request on her heart, so I, I prayed over them, and I went home that night. And what we had discussed had been really hanging heavily in my heart, and I just I prayed for them again before bed, and I went to sleep. And in the morning, right before I opened my eyes, a vision of them popped into my head, very clear. And um, this word over and over and over. And I was like, well, that's probably something. So I I quick got up, and I typed it up to them and sent it along, just hoping it was maybe fresh and encouraging for them. Um, And then literally within a half an hour, another vision of them, another brand new word over and over and over, and, and even a little song lyric. And so I sent it to them. I said, I don't know if it's going to help. It wasn't groundbreaking information, but it was something that I hoped was at least refreshing to them. And um, literally half an hour later, another word comes into my head, and it's so specific. Like, it's specific to the point where I was really nervous to say it because in the terms of their prayer request, if they took it super literally, it it actually could maybe affect decision-making or what they'd been praying for. And so I held on to that word um, and didn't share it. And for the next four days, any time I wasn't focused on a task um, or had quiet time, that word just kept going in my head. And I finally just kind of broke down after four days and said, okay, God, I'll, I'll share it. And so I texted my friend and said, hey, this word came up right after the last two words. I don't know if it means anything, um, but I don't think it's for me. And it just, I can't get out of my head. So I shared it and instantly just, a wave of relief just kind of passed over me. Um, And I think there's still a long time for them to process what um, those words might mean for them. Um, No immediate conclusion that I can share yet, but um, I know that world mandate in itself has really been the factor for me in challenging my faith and allowing me to have God's prayers answered, the prayers that I asked to say, hey, God, I want to hear you. Um, I want you to... um, just allow me to communicate with you on a deeper level. And those visions have, have proven that he's listening. And so I just want to encourage you all, um, wherever you're at in your faith journey, that um, be patient, be persistent. It, for me, it's been five years, and I'm still um, I'm seeing some fruit finally, but I know there's still a long way to go. And so um, just be willing to kind of keep after God. He's faithful. He will um, meet you wherever you are, even if you're crowded behind some guy in a prophesying class. <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Greg. Um, I'm a sophomore at Boston College, and I'm uh, 
Hispanic studies major, and I'm a part of CFCF Faith Group Tuesday night. Um, also, I'm from Buffalo, New York, so it's really difficult to be a Bills fan in New England today. But anyways, I want to tell you guys a little bit about my story at World Mandate. Um, I was able to go Friday night, and um, the topic that evening was adoption and about how um, God has redeemed us and that through him we may be called um, sons and daughters and that we may um, call him Father Abba. And as children of God, we have received the Spirit and that we may... Um, that we may... Sorry, I'm losing my words. I'm not good at public speaking. But um, that through him... Um, you know, we have also received the, um, the kingdom of God and that we are co-heirs with Christ. Um, so not only is that a metaphor that has been in my life, it is um, a real part of my identity. When I was about eight months old, I was adopted from Cherepanova, Russia, which is about a small village that's an hour and a half south of Novosibirsk in Siberia. And um, when my parents met me, I was very ill, very sick. And um, I used to always think that I was just very lucky to be um, given a whole new life, a whole new name, um, but really it's been God. And um, that night when they put up statistics and said that um, roughly 50% of children that are in orphanages that are um, female turn to prostitution and that about 70% of boys will end up in prison. And um, I've just been told that, you know, that probably would have been my reality, that I probably would have ended up in the KGB or in prison. So just um, knowing that just really brought me to the floor, just knowing that God has a plan for all of us and that he has um, really a beautiful testimony for each of us and that um, our testimonies are really a love story and that, um, you know, that God finds us all in our own beautiful way. And um, it's just incredible that in the midst of all that God has done for me, you know, that I have the chance to grow up in the United States and to go to university, that I've just found God in the midst of all this. And I just wanted to share that all with you guys today. That was good. Thank you. Hi, um, my name's Du Park. Um, my wife is Madeline, and I have the cutest baby in the world back there. Um, so I want to share about what God was doing in my heart last weekend. Um, it kind of started a week before that when Ryan came to our training school class and, uh, he kind of shared his whole testimony of his life, but also what stood out to me was, um, he obeyed God and he, he, he went to Indonesia to be a missionary, uh, with the Buckners there, um, but at that time, he experienced kind of a tragedy in his, in his life where he lost his firstborn. Um, and the biggest piece that he was struggling with was that he was um, being obedient and following the will of God, and this, um, this happened to him. Um, so it's a, it's a difficult thing to, to understand. Um, so fast forward a week later, I was at Oral Mandate on Friday night, and... Um, Becky was leading us in worship, and one of the songs that uh, we were singing was Faithful to the End. And even though we had sung it a few times before that, um, I never listened to the verse. The first verse, it says, 
Um, his, careful, his careful hands, they hold us safe within his promise. And I couldn't sing that. I, I just broke down crying because I didn't believe that at that moment, that I would be safe in his promise. So um, I was covered in fear and darkness, um, so I was just crying out to God. And I knew I had to get prayer from, from Ryan, um, knowing that he had gone through this and he, he has some truth that he, he's gained from this hard experience. Um, so he prayed for me, and he, at first he said, you know, I apologize for, for if my testimony caused fear in you. Um, but also he, he said, you know, I can say with assurance that God was faithful and he is faithful. Um, so then I just confessed to him that it's hard for me to believe that and that I need to be convinced that Jesus is worth it um, if I am going to go to the nations also. So, um, yeah, it's just a story of God working in my heart um, as a new father, learning to, to know that God will be faithful no matter the circumstance, and, um, yeah, learning that Jesus is faithful. Um, right now our training school is reading Job, and it's just the perfect book to, to describe God's faithfulness in the midst of, of trials. So, thank you. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Hannah. Um, I've been coming to CFCF since my freshman year at Boston College. Um, currently, I work for a, an investment consulting firm in the financial district of downtown Boston. Um, and I'm really excited this morning to get to share about what, is, what God is doing in my workplace. Um, and I believe it's just a story of God's power being made perfect in my own weakness. Um, so I'll rewind about four months from now. Um, at the beginning of October, I, um, I was at work, and I bumped into one of my coworkers who I don't work with regularly. I don't see her all the time. We started with some small talk, and we were going to say bye. And then she said, Hannah Jang, don't go. You need to pray for me. And so we went into a little conference room, and she literally just shared everything that she's been going through, everything on her heart, just really deep, vulnerable, um, really specific things. And the thing is, I didn't have that kind of relationship with her. We weren't really friends. Um, we weren't at that level of sharing that, that much of in intimate things. And um, I was just like, God, this is you. Like, you're going to move. You're going to do something. And as she was sharing, I felt like God was giving me just a heart of compassion and understanding. Because um, as she was speaking, though the circumstances were different, I was like, I went through that. That was my entire year. I've been struggling with that. That's my story. Like, that's what I've been wrestling with. And after she shared everything, I asked, like, can I, can I pray for you? And she said yes. Um, and I prayed for her. I prayed for her everything that I'd been praying an entire year. Um, and I just felt the spirit move as I was praying. And after we finished praying, she said to me, Hannah, that's like, that's one of the most genuine prayers I've ever heard. I mean, I'm religious, like I'm, I'm Catholic, um, but you have this connection with God that I don't have. Like, how do I get that? And that's like a question we want people, like we feel like we need to bring people to that place of understanding that. And here I am in this conference room 
This was not planned. I just bumped into her. There was a huge need in her life for a savior, and she's asking for that. Um, and so I shared. I was like, hey, it actually has nothing to do with religion. It's relationship with Jesus. And um, she said she didn't know how to do that. Like, how do you do that? And I said, you know, in any relationship, we talk. We get to know someone. We listen. We pray. We read God's word. And she said, well, I don't know how to do that. Can we pray together every day? I was like, yeah. Like, yes, I'd love to pray together every day. Um, So I sent her a few Bible verses, sent her a quick prayer that she can pray for herself that day. And the next morning, I went to her desk, and she, she saw me, and she's like, is it time to pray? Let's go pray. Um, wait, actually, I invited another coworker. Is that okay? I'm like, yes, like, yes. Um, and so the three of us, we went into this, this small little conference room, and we, the other coworker just kind of shared what she was going through, all very similar things. And they both came to me at a time of like, there's a huge need in our lives. We don't really know what to do with this. We don't even really know Jesus, but we're needing a savior in our lives. Like, Hannah, we need you to pray for us. Um, We don't know how to do this, um, and we're sorry that we're asking you to do this for us, but can you, like, continue to lead this for us, like, every day? And I said, yeah, like, yes. I mean, I'm happy. Like, I want to pray with you guys. Like, and I want to, I want you guys to experience the Jesus that I've experienced, but one day you guys are going to pray too. And they're like, ah, not ready for that. I'm like, nope, just, just come, come and receive. And one day you guys are going to pray. Within a within a week of us just meeting, we were doing DBSs. We were reading scripture. We were asking, what does it say about God? What does it say about man? How can we obey? One thing my coworker really loves is obedience points. She's like, Hannah, what are we going to obey today? What does the Bible say? What are we going to obey? And and so we've been doing obedience points for the past four months. And also within the first, first week, they were like, Hannah, we need to go tell people. We need to go pray for people. So we used one of our lunch breaks, and we went to South Station, um, and we prayed along the way, like, God, let us encounter whoever you want us to. And we met a few different people, and we had the opportunity to share food with them and also prayer. Um, and that wasn't even my idea. They are the ones that are like, Hannah, we need to go. Like, we need to go tell people. We need to pray for people. Um, and at the same time, simultaneously, they were receiving words of knowledge from Uber drivers, from random people that they were stumbling upon. And I just, I couldn't help but to believe, like, God is on the move, and I just get to be a part of this. And so for four months, we've been meeting every day together in our workplace um, for 30 minutes, sharing our lives, praying, reading the word, now interceding for, for other people, confessing sin, repenting, just, every, just living life the way that Acts 2, 42 to 47 describes it. Um, and you might wonder, like, how is this? even possible in the workplace. Um, We can just use our lunch breaks and our breaks however we want to as long as we get our work done. So there's just been immense favor um, from God for us to be able to meet daily. Um, And it got to the point where they're like, Hannah, this isn't enough. Can we meet twice a day? And so um, we meet twice a day now. Um, (laughs) And um, it's just, it's incredible. Like at the beginning of December, as we were going through one of the Bible study lessons, it was about the gospel, and one of my coworkers never heard of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, and what that meant for us. And I just felt like this is, this is the moment to ask her and invite her if she wants it. And she said, yes, I want it. 
Um, and I said, okay, I'm just going to say this quick prayer of accepting Jesus into our hearts, like repeat after me. And my other coworker, who came with a Catholic background, was like, hey, don't leave me out. I want this too. And so that, that day, um, December 1st, in that little conference room, we said the prayer of accepting Jesus into our lives. And both of them gave their lives to Jesus. Um, they, yeah, thank God. Um, there's just been unprecedented hunger in their lives. Like, they come and they ask for it. Hannah, I'm struggling with this. What does the Bible say about this? Let's pray for this. We need to pray for this. Hannah, like, what, is, what does the Bible say about X, Y, Z? Like, how do I grow in that? And actually now, I don't pray every day. We have a rotation where someone else prays and leads these discussions. So the, the first day when they came and they said they didn't know how to pray, like here they are praying in our groups. One girl said grace at her family's Thanksgiving dinner, and that was like huge. Like they know how to talk to God. They know how to have relationship with him. Um, and they were actually at World Mandate last weekend, and their lives were completely rocked, just engaging with the Lord, um, getting prayed for, um, and just knowing, like, wow, there is a God, there is a Father who loves me. And in the beginning, I said that this is a story of God's power being made perfect in my weakness. And honestly, like, last year, I didn't feel like I was in a place where I could be leading people to Jesus. I felt like, hey, I'm going through a lot of, like, brokenness, I need healing, and I just need to, like, receive from the Lord. Um, and God was like, hey, actually, no, Hannah, like, I want you to be a part of this. And he placed it right in my lap. It's just God was doing things. God was pursuing his people. Um, and, yeah, it just reminds me of what our long-term team member in North Africa said, it, that God's, God's moving, and we just get to stumble upon his movement. Um, and so I just want to encourage all of you, like, regardless of where you are, like, in your faith or, like, what you're struggling with, what sufferings may be in your life, like, God is still moving, and he wants you to be a part of it, and your story is significant for someone else, too. Want you to pray. How many of you want this to happen in your workplace? Stand up right now. <laughs> Hannah, pray for supernatural breakthrough in every one of these workplaces. And you ask for big stuff from Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who pursues your people. You love your people, God, and you make a way for them. God, we're praying specifically right now, Lord, that you would increase our faith for our workplaces. God, that you would give us a compassion, Lord, and a love for our coworkers in the same way that you love and see them. And Lord, we're just asking that you would create a need in our coworkers' lives for a savior. God, that there would just be a, a need in their lives, Lord, that there would be such a dissatisfaction in the way they are living their lives, God, um, and that they would recognize through us, Lord, that there is a Savior, God, that there is a way out, that there is hope. And so, Jesus, would you give us boldness in our workplaces to, to share about our faith, God, to, to share about it verbally and through our action, God, in just the ways that we have been impacted and changed by you. Lord, give us that Give us, yeah, Lord, give us that faith to be able to share that in our workplaces with our coworkers, Lord, people at, at the supermarket, Lord, people in our neighborhood, God, would we just have faith, Lord, to see, God, the way that you are moving so powerfully. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're asking for more of you, Lord. We're asking just for greater hunger, God, that people would hunger and thirst for righteousness, God, and that you would use us in those moments to just be able to be your light. 
to these people. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Girl can preach. <laughs> Chrissy, come on up. Uh, so my name is Christy, and I've been here um, since I came for grad school in 2010. And um, I, I'm a teacher. I taught phys ed and health. Um, I've taught in treatment center settings, juvenile detention. And I uh, got a concussion about a year ago, as many of you know. So I'm going to read because it's a little less stressful than talking to you all, even though everybody seems really good at that. Uh, okay. <laughs> As many of you know, I've been dealing with the effects of a concussion that I got in my workplace about a year ago. Um, the challenges of that injury have been unlike any that I've ever faced, and this past year has been one of the most, if not the most, challenging years of my life. A few weeks ago, my workers' compensation organization told me that they were cutting my pay. I immediately went to prayer with the support of many of you. I saw some hopeful signs, but things didn't clear up right away and I had to go the long legal route of fighting back to get my pay reinstated. Um, sorry, I'm like shaking, I can't see. <laughs> I wasn't sure um, what I was going to be able to do about that pay cut in the short term, because I have bills to pay. Um, I didn't ask anybody for help, but I did pray. Um, stress tends to make headaches worse, and I have headaches. Um, and throughout the past year, when headaches get really bad, I've been seeing a massage therapist, um, and that tends to help. Uh, because the pay got cut, I, didn't, I wouldn't have been able to afford it, but the pain was really intense, and so I decided that week I was going to go anyway. After the treatment, I went to the counter to pay for the massage, and the woman at the register said that someone had already put money into my account and that the treatment was covered. I later found out that not just that treatment, but someone had paid for the entire month um, the only person that I had told that I was going to this place was my housemate, and she didn't pay for it, so I don't even know who did. Um, I felt like God was providing for me, even in the things that felt superfluous, like the things that I could have done without, even if I would have been in pain. A few days later, I had spoken with a lawyer, filled out paperwork, sent it in the mail, and was feeling heavy-hearted. I sat in my car praying, God, I know you will provide, but could you just remind me in some small way? Could you show me again that you'll take care of me? Just then, a text popped up on my phone saying that someone had deposited money into my account. I clicked on it, and I was, it was actually an uncle who I'm not particularly close with, but he had heard of my situation, and in spite of a lot of difficulty in his own life, he felt like God wanted him to send me something small to show me that I wasn't alone, a direct answer to my prayer. A little while later, another friend came forward and offered to cover my student loan payments until I could pick them up again. A week later, another friend called and said that her and her husband had been supporting a person in transition, but that person no longer needed help as of the beginning of this month. And so they were praying about who to give that money to. They felt like God was saying to give it to me. When I sat down and looked at the amounts of money that God had sent me, including the payments at that spa, it was exactly the amount of money that workers' comp had taken away. One of the passages of scripture that God had had me pray when I first got the news from the workers' comp organization was Second Chronicles 20, where Jehoshaphat gets word that there are three different armies assembled together against him and the people of Judah. His immediate response is to fast and pray and seek God with all the people. 
Rather than staying in that place of nail-biting, he moves to a place of praise, and they spend the night in worship and praise, focusing on the power and the might of God and the things that God can do. The next day, he appoints worshipers to lead the army into battle. It says, And they rose early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his, in his, believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire in front of the army, and say, Give thanks to the Lord, for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. Um, so God doesn't always take the struggle away, which is what I was hoping for, but he always fights our battles with us and for us. Yes, Lord. Excellent. I want the worship team to come back up here. We're going to worship and pray and respond. <laughs> 